0: Hi, my name is Steve Camp and I am 66 years old.
1: Welcome back to 25 for 25, where I interview 25 people about what their lives were like when they were 25. I'm your host and resident 25 year old, Panina Beatty. Today I'm sharing an interview I had with Reverend Steve Camp, who presides over the Faith Congregational Church in Hartford, Connecticut. Reverend Camp is a lifelong member of the United Church of Christ Network of Churches, and he grew up as a parishioner at Faith Church. He is an outspoken leader when it comes to social justice for all individuals. I met him through my mother, who's a rabbi. In case you didn't know, all clergy know each other. When Reverend Camp was 25, he quit his job and took a road trip down south where by chance he enrolled as a student at Bethune-Cookman University in Daytona Beach. Reverend Camp says he had a taste for social justice even back then. When he wasn't working, you could find him at the provost's office fighting for better services for his fellow students. In our interview, we discussed finding the right friends to spend your time with and pursuing what you're truly passionate about. Here's Reverend Steve Camp on 25. So where and when were you when you were 25?
0: Uh, I had just left Connecticut, and I was, uh, well, there's a little bit of a story. I was uh, had, was working for the state of Connecticut with children at the state receiving home in Warehouse Point, and uh, it's my first job, real good job, and I bought a purchased a car, a little sports car, and decided I wanted to go and take a vacation. Hmm. And, uh, and so I got in my little red sports car and rode down the coast, stopped in most of the major cities along the way, uh, and ended up in Florida, ended up in Daytona Beach, Florida. And uh, if you know anything about the South, especially in that time, Everything was divided by railroad tracks black folks were on one side and white folks are on the other side of the tracks and so I had always grown up in the church And so it was a Sunday and I decided I wanted to go to church and the only church I really knew was my own denomination the United Church of Christ and so I I ventured across the railroad track because that was the only UCC church in town mm. and so went to that church and I never will forget, uh, as I went, went in the church, people were very softly saying, what's that N-word doing here? What's It was all kinds of very really derogatory remarks, but I don't know why, but I stayed. And I stayed through the service, and after the service was over, the pastor came up to me. I was going to shake his hand and say how good he did a good sermon, and... Uh, he said, "Stay after. Let me. Let's talk." And he's long story short, he became a person who helped me go to college. And uh, uh, I called him a boss back, said I'm not coming back, <laughs> and stayed down in Daytona Beach area uh, through college years. And he introduced me to the president of the film Cookman College at the time. College now it's a university, and. Uh, uh, my job was to drive the president around wherever he wanted to be for my four years. Uh, and it really was a, a wonderful experience. And as long as I kept my grades up, he, my tuition was paid. <laughs> and so uh, it really was, for me, it was a real big blessing in my life. I really had didn't know what I was going to do at that age. I didn't know where my life was really going. But... Uh, uh, it was a good. It was it was good for me. Mm-hmm. It put me on a path that really made sense.
1: And that was when you were 25. Yeah. And um, you had been working for the state of Connecticut beforehand.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and what were you doing there?
0: I was called a dorm parent. <laughs> it was uh, for kids that were extracted from real difficult situations, and they were put in uh, this facility they have in Warehouse Point to to hold them and to care for them mm-hmm. until they could figure out what to do with them. And uh, and there were a lot of really tough stories these kids had, And uh, but it was really rewarding work. I really enjoyed the work. Um, got really close to some of the kids. They were great kids when you got beyond all the problems that they were experiencing in their young lives. But uh, 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 I thought that was gonna be my path you know, for at that age, but it turned out to be very different.
1: Mm. What did you study in school?
0: Well, I went to school uh, at Bethune Cookman, and I decided that I wanted to learn theology, so I took religion and philosophy as my main course, and and uh, as my major, and and uh, went through, and then seminary came along after that, and mm-hmm. so I just kind of, um, I don't think that I'm that God always reveals it all to you at one time, so. Mm. So uh, uh, I just kind of went with the flow. (laughs)
1: Um, And so uh, were there any experiences driving around the president um, that uh, any particular experiences that uh, you recall that kind of shaped you or that you remembered fondly or not so fondly? Oh yeah.
0: I mean, just, it was such an honor just to have that experience really Uh, he, he was, a lot of what I was doing was driving him to places where he was trying to raise money for the college. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes he would use me as the example of here's where your money is going mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but I got to, to meet lots of interesting people cause I would be at the table with some of these people who were donors and w- who would become donors to the college. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, It was really a good experience to be able to hear their stories and to to uh, share what little story I had at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, uh, it was there were a lot of good experiences in that Mm -hmm. in those times. Mm
1: -hmm. Have you? uh, I think Invisible Man doesn't he drive around? Have you read that book? Doesn't he drive around the president of his college? Yeah. So not not that experience I would hope. Not not quite. No, not not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Yeah. So tell me about uh, UCC. Sure. Well, United
0: Church of Christ is, is, I grew up in actually in uh, the United Church of Christ in this congregation. Um, And um, it is probably uh, on the spectrum of uh, conservative liberal. It's probably more liberal than most denominations in America today. Uh, It is very justice-minded, which I am as well. it is uh, uh the first church in this country that ordained a woman It's the first church in this country that ordained a black person it's the first church in this country that ordained a gay person uh it's the first church that martin luther king went to when he wanted to talk about the uh vietnam war uh it, it's uh uh It talked about toxic waste before it was popular to talk Mm -hmm. about that in and how uh, It affects our cities Uh, It's always been a justice minded denomination and uh, it's something I really have have, uh, Really held dear because I think that's what uh, My reading of the of scripture says that, that we really do have to think not only about our personal faith, but also justice as it affects ourselves and others around us as well.
1: And as a pastor now, um, what do you find, uh, do you find some friction there, uh, whether that be with your congregants or maybe with other faith leaders, um, the things that you're doing in your congregation?
0: Yeah, every day. I mean, people have to struggle, I think. They, they do, well, I should say, they do struggle with uh, how to be just in the world today. Um, we are in a very interesting time in our country, a very uh, turbulent time in our country, and, and I think people are needing to decide for themselves, and that's, and often it's a faith question. Mm-hmm. They have to decide for themselves where they are going to be on on the spectrum of belief or how they're going to interact in the world. And I think the church has to sometimes say some really hard and bold things to get people moving toward just outcomes. Uh, And so social justice matters. And it it really is important, I think, uh, that we understand that that when you lock babies in cages, it's wrong. When you do uh, uh, things to stop people from uh, coming across your border because they're afraid for their lives, mm-hmm. when you do that, it's wrong. When, when you do put blackface on in, in our uh, schools, <laughs> when kids are allowed to do that, it's wrong. And, and there are things that are wrong in our world. Uh, but we also have to be able to go beyond tolerance to acceptance and and I think that That's what the united church of christ also tries to talk about is is My faith uh through jesus is that jesus accepted people he accepted Uh and and had a sense of inclusion not exclusion uh for people in their walks of life and so uh, so I can uh, be with, uh, in dialogue with a Muslim person or a Jewish person, and as a Christian person, and 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 even though uh, there are differences, there are some commonalities that we have to embrace, and I think that's what faith is about. And I think our UCC is they get that and they get it well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Your mom has been a great partner with with the friend with uh, for me And it's I I love what the Jewish faith has been saying over the last few years in terms of Repairing the world. I just think that that is really important Um, uh, In my denomination we say God is still speaking Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's 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 bringing for forward the idea that we can be together that we can uh, we can figure out the, the, the concerns of the world together, um, and I, you know, I have to be honest in saying that 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 today we're seeing so much evidence of of even leaders in high places trying to to thwart that, to to turn that back, turn the clock back, and and we just, uh, I just think if we're going to be justice minded, we, we do have to work against those kinds of feelings
1: and and as a faith leader um, I'm sure you have congregants who are or just people in general that you're faced with that are desensitized to it and are almost even apathetic as a probably as a form of self-protection but you can't be yeah.
0: well I, I, there are clergy who are sure. I, I try to 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 stay alive and stay awake Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the people that show up on Sunday morning here, uh, they really want to, to feel, to leave here with the energy to embrace whatever is going to happen during the week. Mm-hmm. And so we try hard to give, give that sense of you can, you can be a just person in the world, mm-hmm. um, that you do not have to hide from the responsibility of full personhood um and uh, it 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 is challenging there's no question and some people do not want to hear that message they'd rather just kind of go along to get along but uh it may be why our churches are, are typically smaller uh we we uh we typically are not busting at the seams on sunday morning uh, but those who want to hear they do hear. Mm-hmm. They do try to respond. Mm-hmm. This little small church, faith church, um, we, uh, I, I'm happy to tell you, we do an enormous amount of community work in this, this, this congregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the building right next door uh, has been subject of, of uh, there are lots of kids in, those, in the buildings that live there. There's mold and rodents and all kinds of the challenges of urban life are in that building. Mm-hmm. A couple of people have been murdered in that building. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is this church has been the, the church or one of the churches that has made sure the children have book bags, have made sure that, the, that, that there are, are resources of the city are, are brought to bear and taking care of the, the mold and the mm-hmm. things like that. This church has done that. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes our, our reach is larger than our even our membership might suggest. Mm-hmm. And, and I think everybody can do something uh, and should uh, to make, make the world a better place, mm-hmm. to repair the world.
1: So you were 25 and in school. Were there other students that were around that age, or were they more like uh, right out of high school?
0: Yeah, most of them were right out of high school. I was probably one of the older students mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that the black colleges do, which I, Bethune-Cookman mm-hmm. is one, is take students where they are and bring them where they need to be mm-hmm. to become good students. And, uh, and so, if a student has a deficiency in English, in writing, or for, for example, they have remedial courses to be able to do those kinds of things. Uh, I was very fortunate in, in that I could say that Bloomfield, where I grew up, Bloomfield Public Schools gave me a really good solid foundation in, in my uh, high school and elementary school education that I didn't need to do that. So I was free to kind of go off and explore uh, um, in terms of theology and, and, and philosophy and those kinds of things. And I think it's helped me because it gave me a thirst and a curiosity for learning back then that I hope still, still present today. Uh, um, but uh, colleges ought to teach us how to learn uh it's not so much that they pour information in it gives i think it should give us the tools to be able to find out the information we want to know mm-hmm. and uh um my college experience was about that mm-hmm. and i was very grateful for that
1: mm-hmm. was it frustrating at all being around students that were only a few years younger than you but i think at that age it is yeah i I
0: can tell you i had a a kind of a turning point um i had a professor in college uh he was my religion professor uh his name was dr Millie. i never will forget him uh an older white guy that that had been at the college for years and years and years um in this black (laughs) melu he was like this one professor and uh uh, we were walking through the campus together one day, and he said to me, and I won't forget it, and it really was, it's in the scriptures actually, I learned later on. But he said, Steve, do, do you see all these people? He said, they are trees walking. And it took me forever to figure that out, what he was talking about. But he was saying that sometimes people just kind of go through life Without real purpose or without real curiosity and drive, but find and get yourself near those who are really those who want to do more. <laughs> and and I and I, it took me a while to figure out what he was saying, but he was that was one of the wisest little nuggets I ever I ever got in my mm-hmm. lifetime, and it happened way back when. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was, I, I, he often said stuff that felt crazy to me, but that one, that one stuck with me somehow. <laughs> it did, yeah.
1: Um, so, to that end, who, who were your friends around that
0: time? So, uh, there were, it was, I've always been a person that didn't have a, does, still don't have a lot of friends, but I have uh, some people that, that I have great trust and confidence in, and, and that. And so there were two or three students uh, we kind of hang out. We kind of, kind of went through that journey together. And uh, um, uh, for instance, one of them is friends today. We talk often. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but you know, uh, I I know that some people go through college and they can call up fifty friends from college, and they they travel with them all through their lives and. Mm-hmm. I happened to be one that kind of had two or three people and that was it, <laughs> you know, everybody else. I knew a lot of people, but it was just, yeah. uh, so it was a real small group for me.
1: So you said you were even—you were justice oriented even back then. Um, were there any particular issues that you were uh, passionate about mm. at the time?
0: Yeah, I started a, a group. I was, I was always uh, in the face of the president <laughs> right. so i i could say what i want you know i think you ought to do this or i think you ought to do that we'll um, stop the car yeah <laughs> yeah um but um uh, i started a group on the campus it was called let's get together bcc i think that was the name of it, mm-hmm. it wasn't a very creative name but it was uh and we had about 15 or 20 students uh and this was sophomore year, I think. And uh, the purpose of it was we were seeing on campus at the time, the uh, frats and sororities were really uh, acting pretty harshly with their pledges. And and it was a time when they could pretty much do whatever they wanted to them and some of it was not a good scene and we kind of organized a few of us to be a voice against their activities Mm uh consequently i never got invited to pledge anywhere (laughs) but but which was okay (laughs) but it did at the end by the end of the pledging season it did uh, uh one of the Pledge groups got suspended for six months or something like that, and uh, and all of them had to kind of change their practices with their pledges, um, and, uh, which we thought was a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it kind of almost catapulted me into the visibility of, of in the in the college life, if you will. Um, but uh, so justice back then was important too. And I, I guess I was owning some skills, maybe. Yeah.
1: So you've been in the in the church your whole life. Um, and yeah. what was your faith like around that age?
0: I always believed in God. Put quotes around that. Um, I always believed uh, my own Christian beliefs were always well, they were nurtured right here in this place. Uh, uh, it was always important. Um, but as I said before, this church always had a sense, or at least it instilled in its young people, that justice was important, that you could do more. Uh, this church happens to be, be a place in Hartford that the first black lawyer came out of this church. The first legislator in Connecticut, in the state legislature, was a member of this church uh the first judge the first music teacher the and along the way uh i had all of these people around me growing up okay um and there were lots of strong black men here too and they were uh my my parents were divorced at early age in my early age and so they were the father figures for me uh and And they understood back then uh, what community meant that all of the children here at the time we all had to respect these men and and women but for me the men were so important in my life Mm -hmm. um and uh and so i had these mentors that were everywhere these these black men who would come up show up in my life at really important moments The first black fire chief in New England was a member of this church. He just died. I did his funeral, but he was one who helped me to grow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, uh, There, there are lots. There were those kinds of people that inserted themselves in my life at really good moments that helped me to grow and to mature. I made my own mistakes at twenty-five. Did my own craziness at Mm twenty-five, but it. It. Uh, I think I think the church gave me some parameters,
2: mm-hmm.
0: gave me some ways to. You know, if you do this, do this, and and stay within yourself, stay within uh, whatever the boundaries of right and wrong you have devised for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and and not to not experiment with life and see what life is really about because it can be very exciting and there are lots of good things in life to explore but uh, uh, being able to know that that there there are edges (laughs) and there are pitfalls Um, and uh, uh, the sermon tomorrow part of it, a little part of it is about understanding that when we grow up as children one of the first things that are instilled in us is are the words please and thank you and we can always tell when adults have not learned those words (laughs) in society we can tell the jails are full of them, you know um but it's those kinds of things that, that uh uh, at 25, I think we're, we're meaningful. I got, I got those, some of those lessons, maybe one or two of them.
1: And you were attending church as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I always went to church. I, that was always important for me. Um, even when I didn't have to go, I, I went and, uh, uh, and as I said, when I went South, that was important. I had a, this gravity I had to, to do that. I had to go. And, uh, uh, and, and I've maintained that throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Is your relationship to, uh, racial differences, um, different than it is now? And if so, what, if not, what, what is it?
0: Um, when, when, I was 25, um, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King had been killed, um, John Kennedy uh had been killed bobby kennedy had been killed um people were rioting in the streets um it was the 60s and and the 70s where we were trying to figure out what's next um and it was that kind of surrounding that that uh, um Kind of made me know that I had there was an expectation that I needed to do something to make the world better, as others around me had that same expectation. We wanted a better world than what we were seeing, and uh, and so we had to we had to figure out for ourselves. Not just it, it wasn't just about how I was going to be successful personally, mm-hmm. but it was about how I was going to help make the community better, and uh, and and that was not an easy, and it was not an easy time. It was uh, uh, because, oh boy, it's, it 70s, Nixon was impeached and or or resigned from office. We're going through it again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a time that that. Uh, the Vietnam War was raging uh and and uh you know I didn't feel a need to to do that to go to Vietnam. I just was not there uh I was probably the one that was the conscientious objector um, and uh I remember in seminary, I helped some young people to do that. Mm-hmm um i kind of lost track of your question but i i guess i'm um it was a time where we where i we really had to figure out how am, how am i going to help uh, uh malcolm x had been killed i mean they, 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 all of these things were going on in the black community as well um uh i, I I grew up uh, in a quote middle class household. Uh, my mother, um, we weren't, we weren't middle class. I know now, <laughs> we were poor. But uh, my mother uh, and my aunts helped my mother to maintain the kind of life we had in Bloomfield. Okay, I never missed a meal. I never missed, a, you know, a clothing on my back or or something happened at school that I needed dollars. I always had it. Uh, but. Uh, uh, it was not a time that that. That one just thought about themselves. You really had to figure out how you were going to be part of the community. And I think that this church had a part in that, <laughs> you know, um, so you, my faith had a part in that, my, my upbringing, you know, so when I was 25, 30 years old, I was trying to figure out what am I going to do with this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. And what, was there any particular, uh, moment or, uh, catalyst for you to go to the seminary?
0: Um, yeah, I guess it was the experience in college. It really was. And I was, By the time I finished that religion and philosophy course, I was pretty clear I was going to continue on. I was thirsting now for to learn more about faith questions and things like that, and so uh, seminary was the next step. And and, uh, it turns out that it's been a good. uh, I'm nearing times of time of retirement now, and it it's really been a good life for me. It's been. Fortunately, I can't say this for a young clergy coming up now, but I've, I've worked at all but two days in my in almost 40 years of ministry. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, in those two days were because I made a stand for justice in the church. I was serving in Chicago and said, I can't do what you're asking me to do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And two days later, I had another job, which was, which was great, because mm-hmm. cause I had a young family. I remarried and had mm-hmm. a young family at the moment, and I really didn't know what I was going to do <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So 25-year-old Steve Camp comes in, sits down, says hi to 66-year-old Steve Camp. Um, What does he say? What are his impressions? Is he happy?
0: Most days. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I've had a few regrets. I mean Frank Sinatra had some songs about that. Um I guess I guess uh I kind of did this ministry, this work thing my way. Um <laughs> you yeah, know, um, which I've I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've I've worked on a national stage, I've worked on a on a regional stage in, in terms of the church. Uh and I've been in local situations like I am here. Uh, uh, in terms of personally, um, I've, I've had highs and lows. I've had marriage and divorce, which is raunchy and ugly and difficult, and uh, then remarried. And I think I got it right second time. Um, and uh, uh, raised kids, and, and they're all off doing their own things, which is satisfying. Um, My wife and I, would just purchased a house in South Carolina. So when I leave here, we're going to the beach and sit on the beach more times than not. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, so I look back and say, I tried to help, um, I just participated. Um, I think one of the most gratifying moments were, I I guess I throw this eagle out the window here somewhere. But I just participated in helping a young person who is a trans person uh, get ordained in the United Church of Christ. Uh, In our structure, we have um, this committee that has to say yes to anyone who wants to be ordained. And they were stuck because of the persons of his sexuality. Uh, expression and identity and uh, uh, someone said call Steve camp <laughs> so I went and 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 devised this program three months mm-hmm. sitting with the person sitting with the committee putting the two together and he is now an ordained clergy in UCC and um, I learned that when I was 25, how to do that, and uh, um, and it felt pretty easy at 65 mm-hmm. to do it. And I give credit to the mentors, even back beyond 25, and uh, and the people I learned along the way. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't think anything that I've done in my life has been just because I was smart enough to do it, <laughs> I just, I just, I really have gotten to a, a satisfying place of saying, you know, you've been real blessed to to have some really good people to teach you some real good things along the way, mm-hmm. you know, not everything has been good, but you know, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. And uh, what
1: would you say back to 25-year-old Steve?
0: Yeah, you shouldn't be a it shouldn't. Yeah, there's probably some moments where I was scared to death. And I probably shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know where the hell I was going sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to deal with the anger stuff because my dad left and left us, mm-hmm. and and uh, I did. It's, it's at a point reconcile with him before he died, and. Uh, which was probably the best thing I could have done in that situation. Uh, but I had to carry a lot of baggage that probably didn't need to be carried. Mm-hmm. You know, divorce was, you know, I didn't know how to have a relationship back then, a real honest and true and meaningful relationship back then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, and so it was it was uh, uh, there were some challenges that I had to in some ways. And so I, I guess I would say back, you know, to the 25-year-old, I'd say, just just, just calm down. down. It's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all right. You know, life, life, life is, if you're able to live uh, a longer life, enjoy the journey along the way. You've got gotta to try. Yeah, there's challenges, but enjoy the journey as well. Mm-hmm. Cause it is, it is, it, it happens really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought about it. I, I'm, it's almost like yesterday I was 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know better.
1: What do you think of 25 year olds today?
0: Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for, in a positive way. I just think, uh, You know, um, my parents, parent, and my dad, I give him some credit, I guess, but, but my parents, uh, and mentors and all of them taught me, and I think my generation taught your generation, that you need to take down all of these barriers and walls among people. color cannot be the defining characteristic sexuality cannot be the defining gender cannot be the defining those kind those walls need to come down and i think your generation gets it for the first time your generation gets it now what you do with it is a whole nother thing but i think you get it and my generation and the generation behind me, there's only still a few out there, had a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. And and now it's, it's really on you and I'm hopeful, I really am hopeful for the world. There are only so many, uh, I've, been, I've been trying on your podcast to be. Uh, to not be political but there are only so many donald trump's in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> left and and i am hopeful that the embrace of being inclusive and being embracing diversity embracing religious differences and dialogue though those kinds of things are are the gifts of your generation and i hope you take it forward to the next one and, and make it bigger and better than it is now, than it should be. Um, I, I'm hopeful, I, I, I can't help but be, because I think I had a little piece in it, a little piece, <laughs> yeah, in the success.
1: What kind of music were you listening to at age
0: 25? Oh, Detroit soul music, you know, that was it uh, Philly sound, uh, um, I've since gotten into jazz and in a little bit, and, uh, um, I, I listen a little bit of country, too, uh, a little bit of opera and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but, uh, and, uh, classical stuff, but, um, um, the songs of the 60s and 50s and 60s and early 70s, I think, um, they resonate in my ears. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and so I I still listen at home. That's what I listen to. Mm-hmm. And I and I hear it. I I still hear the songs in the church, for example, that I grew up with and some of that we still do here, which is very encouraging for mm-hmm. me. Um, And that's partly why our churches are not busting at the seams because we're not doing some of the new stuff, you know, that that's out there that um, Some of our young people want as a steady diet Mm -hmm. and uh, um, But there's always a There's there's such power for me in for instance the spirituals Uh, There's such power for me in the songs that the Temptations and the Supremes mm-hmm. and the the Marvelettes and the, you know and Stevie Wonder and back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, still old for me. Yeah.
1: Any song in particular?
0: Oh my my favorite song say? back then was "Keep Your Head to the Sky" from Earth, Wind and Fire. Mm-hmm. That was my theme song when I was twenty-five. <laughs> and when I would get depressed, I would put that on. Yeah. And Larry, it, it, yeah. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. It's really a powerful song. <laughs> it, it helped me through, dude. Right.
1: Uh, Steve Kemp, thank you so much.
0: I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Mas the told
2: me one day I'd find peace in every way. I don't search for the clue wrong things I
1: was bound to do. Keep my head Thanks for listening to Twenty Five for Twenty Five. Our theme music was written and performed by Tom McCauley and Brandon Stradling with help from Little Machines. Our logo was designed by Woozy Kurtz. I'm your host, Panina Beattie.
2: Woo! <laughs>